Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Uh, there are certain series we do it with intentions. There are certain series just happens. We started speaking on the name of the Lord. We started off with Shalom and it continues and we will focus on another name of the Lord this week. All right. Um, we started off with Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our forgot peace. And then we did Jehovah Shabiot, which is the Lord is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies. Then we did Jehovah Sitkin a few weeks back, which is the Lord is my righteousness, our righteousness. And we'll focus on a new, um, sorry, we'll focus on another name of the Lord, which is Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is our banner. All right, so you know it, and we will dwell a little more deeper into it. There's something about the name of the Lord. The, the name of the Lord is his nature. It is, it is his character. It is something that we can trust him because he's called the Lord of righteous. We can trust him by his name. And his name never changes. They are eternal. And it is for eternity. And therefore, we got to know him by his name. And as I said always, um, the names of the Lord could be so many that we might take an eternity to keep discovering the various names because we serve and we believe a mighty God which is beyond our imagination. You know, I keep telling this again and again, bear with me, all the minds in this room put together, we still cannot fathom our God. Our God is a mighty God. He's the great I am. It's beyond us. He's lofty. It is high. You know, you know sometimes when... I think when he's hearing us talk about his name, he might be smiling at it. It's like a lot to discover. Long way to go. But just like any other father, he would still cherish and love that we are making an effort to seek him. Lord, the kingdom is for those who are seeking after him. So we are seeking him to know more. And so this day, I'm believing God wants to reveal another dimension of his nature. Another dimension of who he is. But as I was waiting on the Lord and as we were min- as I was ministering in the previous services as well, this is something that the Lord spoke to me and I believe it so very strongly. Uh, we're, going to l- we're going to look at the first mention of Jehovah Nissi in the Bible. And there are so many things that God would reveal to you through that passage. I will leave that between you and God. But I know for sure, Lord is actively working here right now to strengthen us. I believe there is, there is a work of the Holy Spirit that is happening today in, in, in this place to strengthen the very core of who we are. So that everyone who is hearing this word today and who would hear this word in the future will go back strengthened in the Lord. Will go back with a new boldness. Will go back with a sense that you are stronger than what you ever thought. And I want you to be prepared for receiving the strength from the Holy Spirit. Even as the Holy Spirit is working to, to, to build that core strength inside of us. But there are so many things that the Lord will speak to you and minister to you. You know, receive them. But don't go back without being strengthened by the Lord. Do not go from this place without being strengthened by the Lord. 
do not go from this place without receiving the strength and the boldness from the Lord. Are you ready for that? Yes. Alright, can you, can you acknowledge that you are waiting to hear the word that will strengthen you by saying Amen to it? Alright, so the first mention of Jehovah Nissi is in Exodus chapter 17. And we will read through from verse 8 to 16. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. So we are close to 8 verse and every verse is quite loaded. So please help me go really, really fast on this. Okay. Now this is a situation in, I think in Exodus chapter 15 or few chapters before, uh, the, the Israelites crossed over the Red Sea and they walked on the dry ground of the Red Sea. Alright, and they saw a mighty hand of God's deliverance in their life. So they, they, they understood that God is their deliverer through that process. They crossed over that land, uh, the, the Red Sea, and then the next chapter is they burst into a worship. Alright, they sang a worship stating who God is for them. Now that's like a high state in their spiritual life. Alright, they belong to the Father, they knew that the Father has brought them out, they understood God is their deliverer and they went into a time of worship. Three days from there, they, they went into a place where there was no water, they were thirsty and they fought, or rather, they quarreled, says my Bible, uh, they quarreled with Moses. Alright, so they started grumbling that there is no water and God gave them miraculously water. So they again saw the hand of God, of God as a provider, Jehovah Jireh. For them and they experienced God as a deliverer, they experienced God as their provider because God provided them water. And then they were not very happy with the food that was there, and then, then they started grumbling, and God provided them manna. So they, they found the favor of God and they found the, the provision of God in manna. So they experienced God as the provider, and then they moved on to another place, which is which is a place where there was they found some rest. And in the midst of rest, there was again no water, so they grumbled about it, and, and, and God provided them water. So they have experienced God as the deliverer, they experienced God as their, uh, the provider. Alright? Now, in this place, now I'm reading through verse 8. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Raphidim. Raphidim is a place which is known for, uh, for rest. Alright? So they were kind of, kind of resting there. They were kind of a bit relaxed in that place. At that time, there was, there was a group, a troop, a people group called Amalek, which is also known as Amalekites, came and fought against Israel. Now, there are many firsts in this chapter. Many firsts. And this is the first time Israel is getting into a battle. They've never experienced a battle before. The, the earlier battle was with Egypt. They were on the Egypt side as a slave, but God delivered them. Now they have to fight a battle for the first time. They've never experienced battle before. And there was this group, Amalek came and fought against Israel. So they got into a battle without knowing and without having any background. What would you do? You know, it's not a movie. If it's a Hollywood movie, suddenly you will see a helicopter. They'll talk in the walkie-talkie and then suddenly there is an army. No, 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 no. That's not happening here. There's a group of people 
That's Israelites. And Amalekites came and attacked them. They have no idea how to fight this battle. They've never before done this. What would you do? I want to hear you. What would you do? Run? Okay, just as an information. Okay, I did some background study of Amalekites. Alright, that's what you will do, right? Trying to find out the enemy's strategy and try to understand the enemy a little before you actually get into the war. Amalekites come from the genealogy of Esau. They are like the grandson of Esau. And Esau is known for going after the fleshly desire, going after the worldly pattern, is known for going outside the will of God is known for even giving away the birthright for the sake of fulfilling some appetite. And they rebelled against God and they have walked away. Now that's the background of Amalekites. Their grandfather was a rebel. Their grandfather was known for satisfying fleshly desires. That's the background of Amalekites. And they are known for fighting from behind. I'm giving you some intelligence before we get into the war. The war is coming in the next verses, alright? They're known for fighting from the from the back, from the rear end. Why? Because the rear end is is the, the weak links, alright? Is the ones who are not really, really out there fighting. And so it is easy to fight from behind and take away what they have. That's what Amalekites is known for. And there you have Amalekites coming or, or, or the Amaleks coming to fight with Israel at Rephidim. Now Moses was the leader for Israel and let's see what he did. Verse 9. Are you with me so far? Yes. Yeah? Verse 9. So Moses said to Joshua, this is the first mention of the name Joshua in the Bible. So far Joshua is not mentioned. Looks like Joshua was there from the parting of the Red Sea next to Moses. Or rather, he might be interested. Or, he, you know, there's something about Joshua and Moses. This is the first time Joshua as a character comes into the Bible. And so, George, Moses, Moses said to Joshua, or rather call, hey, Joshua, come. And Joshua comes. Now hear this. Choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek. Joshua has no background as an army person. He is not an army commander. He has never seen a battle. He has never experienced a battle. Now Moses called go and fight the battle. What would you do in such situation? I can already hear the knees hitting each other and you know the fear gripping them. And we would creatively come up with a lot of excuses. Yeah? And why me? I'm, I'm not feeling that good today. I think I have fever. Yeah? We only blame children for such excuses. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to recollect, get you to recollect some of the excuses as well. I got a stomach upset. I'm tired. Alright? Joshua could have given any number of excuses to Moses. I love the way Joshua surrendered to a delegated authority there. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us. Go out. Fight against Amalek. 
tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Now that's Moses' game plan. That you go and fight, I'll go to the hill and with the staff of God and I will probably watch the battle. Now that's a, that's a good place to be, right? You fight the battle, I will watch the battle, probably. How do you think Joshua slept that night? See, I would have preferred if he would have said, go now, go go to the battle. So you don't have to think much, you just get into the battle. You know, it is like you have to sleep over it thinking that I have to go into a battle which I have never gone before. I have to do something which I have never done before. I need to get into a territory which is uncharted, which is never done before. I have no idea and I have been, I've been asked to recruit people and I have never done recruitment before. I have been asked to pick up men, I have never done this before. I have no idea what Moses is speaking about. And Moses is telling, go and fight a battle and he is going to the hill. And he is going to watch over my fight. That's like some performance. I would not have slept. But looks like, looks like, if the next day morning, if Joshua had to go with his men, looks like they were preparing during the night. What about weapons? Did they have weapons with them? I don't know. There is no mention of weapons uh, that is in the, in the last few chapters. But definitely they did some organizing of weapons. Come on, Dad, tomorrow morning we have to go. We got to find some rest. But before that, find some weapons. Arrange your people. You and have some initial briefing. All that would have happened in the night. And then probably with some sleep, Joshua, verse 10. Joshua did as Moses told him. Can you say the word did? Louder, did. I want to emphasize on a few things. Moses said to Joshua, alright, go. What did Joshua do? He just went. You know, for me, that is a good example of being surrendered and submitted to a delegated authority. To surrender to somebody who is able to tell that you do this, just do it. That's it. No questions asked. Just do it. That means you're doing it unto the Lord. Joshua just did it. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us. He just did it. Go out. He just did it. Fight against Amalek. He just did it. And Joshua did as Moses told and fought against Amalek and Moses uh, fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As I mentioned earlier, Amalek comes from the genealogy of Esau. And Esau was known for the, the giving into the fleshly appetite. All right, And I think that battle with Amalek continues even today. Why do I think so? Because if I just jump into verse 16. Verse 16, that's the last verse. I'll come back again to verse 16. The Lord has sown, the Lord will have will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. The war with the fleshly desires, the flesh is for generation. It is as long as we are in this world, we will war against flesh. Now if you go back to Esau, Esau was a twin brother. And they were, as a twin, they were in the mother's womb. God told them, two nations are within you. Now, two nations of two different nature, two nations of two different style, two nations of two different patterns. And I was thinking, that's the same for all of us. We have a fight between two different natures within ourselves. 
It's not so unique for only Rebecca. It is for everyone. We fight against two different senses, two different patterns, two different ways, two different, two different um, um, ideologies. And that fight is on. We are in a warfare. Whether you like it or not, every day we are engaging in some warfare. We are engaging, we are fighting with our flesh. We are fighting a spiritual warfare. But I was thinking, what if Israelites decided to just stay along with Amalek? What if they decided, let's coexist? Sounds good, right? In a worldly term, inclusivity. Yeah? Two different, everybody is different, everybody is diverse. You know, it is important for us to understand who our enemy is. The moment Israelites understood Amalek is their enemy, they decided, Moses and Joshua decided, we got to fight this. We got to fight this. Some of the fleshly craving that we have, some of the fight that we have, the lust of flesh, the pride of life, the lust of eyes that we fight with, I want you to first recognize that they are your enemy. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. The enemy has wrong and just just wrong plans for you. The plans to destroy you. I want it to be very clear for all of us here. The enemy has no good plans for you. The enemy is subtle, will come from the back, will reach out to the weakest area and will like to attack you slowly, subtly, so that we don't even recognize that the battle was going on and we have lost the battle. Today morning, I want, I, I want us to recognize God is bringing to our attention. Do not settle with your enemies. Your enemies is to fight them and conquer them in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus has won the victory. We are victorious. We are victorious in Jesus. So we have been called to fight this battle. We are in a spiritual warfare. We do not war against flesh and blood. We war against principalities. We war against the forces of darkness. And we pull the, 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 the thoughts and the high things down. The strongholds down. We have been equipped to do that. But do not settle with the enemy. Please do not settle with the enemy. Because the plans of the enemy is to still kill and destroy. If there is any fleshly patterns, if there is any struggles, if there is any areas in your life that you've been going through recurring patterns of falling, I want you to first recognize the enemy is at work. And that is a battle. And you've got to fight that battle. Are you with me this morning? God is encouraging you. You've got to fight the battle. And you will be victorious. Because Jesus has taken the victory. He has put the, the evil one on the... He was his, his, his destroyed the evil one. And he wants to win the victory through you and through me. And that brings glory to God. And so the, the, the fight is real. The enemy is real. Let's get on to this. Do not settle with Amalekites. So what did Joshua do? He did what Moses told him to do. He just did it. I will read verse 11. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed and when he left, let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. 
But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. What was he doing? He lifted up the staff of God in his hand. That's interesting. Look at the verse, verse 9. Verse 9. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top on the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Where did the staff of God come in from? Did God give Moses a staff? When God called Moses, what did he ask him? What's in your hand? Whose staff was that? It was Moses' staff. So when God met with Moses, God asked, what is that in your hand? He said, staff. So the staff was of Moses. That day, when he had an encounter, it was staff of Moses in Moses' hand. Are you with me so far? Staff of Moses in Moses' hand. What did God do with the staff? God told Moses to use the staff. And God was with Moses and with the staff. So God used the staff in multiple places. And they saw supernatural deliverances and blessings. So then what happens? Moses' staff in Moses' hand. Then it moved on to Moses' staff with God's hand on it. They saw the miracle. Kept on doing it. Till one day Moses realized it is God's staff in my hand. It's God's staff in my hand. And then he started addressing this staff not as my staff. It is God's staff in my hand. This morning I want to ask you what is that you have in your hand? What is that you have that God can use it? Anything you bring it to the Lord. First, it is my vehicle in my hand. It is my vehicle with God's hand on it. It is God's vehicle in my hand. It's very different because God uses everything that we have for His glory. I was just thinking as we were worshiping today if God were to parade people, you know, Moses will come with his staff. He was actually declaring to the Amalekites. Sorry for using this word. Buggers, look at this stuff. This is God's stuff. That is enough to destroy Egyptian. Who are you, Amalekites? That is this testimony. It is God's stuff in my hand. You better fear. You better fear. And he held that in his hand. Now, you parade a little more ahead, you will see David standing with a sling. It is God's sling in my hand. He killed the Goliath. You have no idea what he can do with this. Move on. You will see the small boy with the five loaves of fishes and five loaves of bread and two fishes. God's loaves of bread, two fishes in my hand. You have no idea what he could do with this. That's the power of God we are declaring every time from the experiences and the testimonies that we have. We are declaring it before the enemy. You have no idea. With one staff, he could destroy Egypt. 
You have no idea one sling he could destroy a giant. You have no idea what my who my God is. And that's what we are declaring by raising it up. Moses raised his staff. That's why I want to ask you this morning, what do you have? God is asking you this question. What do you have in your hand? Start with what you have in your hand. Is it just the... Is the same thing happened with the widow? I don't know whether it was Elisha, Elijah. That's where my wife coming to rescue. <laughs> Who is that? Elijah. Yeah. Elijah asks, what's that you have in your house? Just with what you have in your hand, God can do supernatural things. That supernatural thing becomes our testimony of who God is for us. That becomes our banner. That becomes our declaration. Look at this, what God has done in our life. That, be- that becomes our banner. Jehovah Nissi, my banner. Everything that you have can become God's property given to your hand to declare the glory of God. To declare the glory of God. Every experiences that you have had in your life, raise it up and declare what God has done. Enemies will recognize who we are and whose we are. And that's how why in Revelation it says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Moses' testimony was lifting up that rod on that day. Telling that look at this rod. He delivered from Egypt. Look at this rod. Rod is enough. My God can use a rod and destroy Egypt. How much more you Amalekites. That's what he was doing on the top of the mountain. He was standing on the testimony of who God is and who he is in God. I was amazed at the way, the way, the shift happened of Moses' staff in his hand to staff of God in Moses' hand. I'm encouraging you, everything that we have can become a source of God's glory, source of God's, source of testimony, so that you can declare what God can do in and through your life. Alright, so tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Now this is, see every time you fight against Amalek, that is your fleshly enemy, anything that is against you, any struggles, anything that is not allowing you to grow in the Lord, every spiritual fight, spiritual warfare has a configuration. And I want you to understand this configuration. Because this configuration is what Moses and Joshua did. There was two parts. One went on the top of the mountain. Top of the mountain is like you're going into the presence of God. And you're lifting up what God has done for you in the past. You're declaring the glory of God. You're revealing to the enemy what God, who God is for you. That's the top of the mountain. But there is also other aspect where Joshua and his men took some weapons or made some weapons overnight and they went to fight on the ground. So for every spiritual battle that you are going through, 
be it at your home, be it in your finances, be it at your job, be it in your marriage, be it any areas. There is a place where you stand in the position and pray and seek and worship God in the spiritual side. There is also a place where you practically indulge in, in fighting the enemy. You use your weapon to fight the enemy. And that's why Corinthians puts it so, so beautifully. We do not, the weapons of our warfare are, are not carnal. We do not go with that carnal weapons. They are mighty through God. And so with that understanding, we have to fight like Joshua fought in that battle. So let's, I'll just share an example. And okay, I'm looking at my wife because we went through some, some fight like this last week. And as I was preparing this, I was in Bangalore. She was here. As I was preparing this in the hotel room, we were getting into multiple conflict. And we were not able to understand why are we fighting with each other. Alright? And it was over phone. And over phone, fights are really bad. It is all about the words that you use and you fight over it. And as we were fighting with each other, we realized that it is spiritual. And I'm preparing this word. This revelation I had on that day morning. Alright? It is spiritual. It is not just about, um, you know, some kind of a um, compromise. No, it is spiritual. There is a spiritual side of it. There is a practical side of it. So the spiritual side, we said, hey, let's not talk like this. Stop it. She went into a time of prayer. I went into a time of prayer. Because that's the best thing to do. Go lift up and lift up the name of the Lord and declare who God is. Bring God in every spiritual battle. And we don't call each other for about a few hours. And that was the same thing to do. Alright? Because you're charged up. Somewhere in the evening. Because we have a principle that will not sleep without we will not allow the sun to set without having our life in order. Alright? Our relationship is in order. Now the question is come, come to who will first say? So I'll pray, Lord, tell her, tell me. Sorry. And I think she also prayed, Lord, tell him to tell her. Sorry. You know what? Sometimes... Amalekites don't require to fight with us. We are, we are just fighting with ourselves so much that we don't even realize that there is an enemy who is actually getting in between. First, recognize there is an enemy. We recognize that day that there is a work, a spiritual attack on this. And I knew for sure because I was meditating on this scripture. Alright? So, one thing is to go and pray. The second thing is to get practical. And to get practical was late in the evening we got into speaking and we told sorry. We exchanged, hey, that was not required. I'm sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for what I said. You know, and the rest I'm censor it. <laughs> Just between both of us. And then we realized, uh, you know, over phone relationship can also still work. What I'm trying to say is, if, you're, if there is a challenge in the marriage, you've got to work it out. 
you got to get into practical stuff of dealing things and more so we were backed by last week's message on forgiveness i titled that message as habitual forgivers all right and then it was all the more challenging and so you got to forgive and so you see it is it is about knowing your enemy know that you have a position to take in the in the spiritual realm but also get practical i had a friend you know just before exam he will get super spiritual super spiritual long hours of praying uh, reading bible like 10 15 chapters in one day and he would expect to pass we literally had to plead with him telling that for few days don't read your bible now. <laughs> to to get him to focus balance out you it's a spiritual thing pray about it go to the terrace lift up your hands pray declare now get into action like joshua did get into action move on get out and fight fight open your books learn study work out your marriage work out your job work out your finances go put your hands to work cover it with prayers cover it with blessings of god cover it with a testimony of what god has done for you it goes together there is two parts to it there is a practical part to it there is a spiritual part of it i was just thinking what if joshua went without the prayer backing would he have won and it's difficult to say what if uh, moses just prayed and joshua did not go for fighting now i'll leave it for your speculation I, but i want to tell you the scriptural way from this what god is teaching us is it goes together you got to work out certain things in practical steps you got to cover it with prayer are you with me so far yeah. all right okay we move on so it came about moses held up his hand that prevailed and when he let his hand down amalek prevailed i don't know moses probably he would have he would have been tired but if he were like me i would try and test it out oh it's working not working something i don't know if anyone of you like that but i would have tested it out the rod you know just lifted up and <laughs> down and tested out but i think he was he was tired i guess but moses had aaron and hur who went up to the top of the hill along with him i'm not sure if he called them because it's not mentioned probably he would have called and he would have gone with them uh, but they were very helpful they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it Aaron and Hur supported his hands one on one side one on the other thus his hands were steady i'll just focus on this what would have happened if Aaron and Hur was not there with Moses on that day leaving it to your speculation but from the story from the storyline you know it would have been very difficult for Moses to keep his hand steady okay if you take the spiritual side of it it would have been very difficult for moses to faithfully stay focused in prayer so he needed the support of aaron and hur question to you do you have aaron and hur who will back you up who will stay with you at the time of your spiritual warfare do you have those people whom you can tell them that i'm fighting this battle stay with me 
Some of the battles are not to be fought alone. You've got to get your Aaron and Hur along with you. Because it is a long battle for some of us. And therefore, share it with people whom you can trust. You need to have those, those set of people alongside with you. And if you do not have, it is high time for you to pray and seek God and ask God, Lord, bring me the Aaron and bring me the wood to fight this battle. Because in the configuration, there was a Joshua and men who went practical. There was Moses who went up. But along with Moses, there were two with him to stay along with him. And when we get into some of the spiritual fights, spiritual warfare, it is essential that we have few members who are with us in that fight. Because that's what God loves. God loves community. God loves, God does not want us to be in isolation. He wants us to be together. He loves community. And therefore, it is important. I was thinking, it is important to even, you know, go to somebody and propose, can you be my hero? Say yes, man, at least. First proposal rejected. Can you be my whore? You see that? Ask somebody. Get people back you up. Get people who will stand with you. It is important. And so our conversation went into discussing who are the people who would stand with us. Do we need people more? Do we need people who would uh, stand strong with us? And I thought that's exactly the configuration in which we go into a battlefield. Are you with me? Now, if you have an Aaron and Hur, don't feel like, you know, I have got everything. You know, you might be the Aaron and Hur for somebody else. So step up to go and tell somebody, I want to stand with you. I want to stand with you in this journey. I want to, I want to fight this battle with you. I want to pray with you. And that is the root word for encouragement. You know, when we think about encouragement, we feel uh, encouragement is a good word. Yeah, it is a good word too. But the root word of encouragement, it's not just, you look good. You're good. It is, it is good. It, it works for a few seconds, I guess, or a few minutes. For some, it is for a few days. But the encouragement is to strengthen the arms of somebody. That's the root word of encouragement. That is to get involved in the, in the place of their need and help them strengthen them in what they are going through. That is encouragement. I am inviting the church to rise up to be an encouraging church. Not just by mere words that we speak, but to stand together through a season. Stand together for a, for a time where we will sail through and see the victory of God. Be a Aaron. Be a hurt to somebody. And God is inviting you to join with somebody to work it out. Alright, so we move on. Um, thus his, verse 12, last verse. Thus his hands were steady until the sunset. Why? Because Aaron and Hur just kept his hands steady. You know the word steady there is they remained faithful till sunset. Or they remained faithful till the battle was won. All right. It is so important that what we start off with prayer, 
we keep consistently keep on praying over the same thing. I've seen businesses where they start with, oh, that's that's the business God wants me to do. This is what God wants me to do. And they'll start with a lot of prayer. And it's a great start. But once the business starts flourishing or somewhere it is some shaping up, then prayer has taken the back seat. No, that's not how it is. What started off with prayer, you got to continue to build that up in prayer. See, what happens in a battle? If you go out into a battle, we, we, we suddenly learn we got the skill of fighting. And then skill will take the prominence and prayer will go in the back bench. So what happens? Then we are fighting with our own strength. Don't allow that. What has started with prayer, you have to continue with prayer. You know, when a, when a child is born, there is so much of a prayer, you know, God, we dedicate, you know, all that stuff. But once the child reaches teenagers, whatever. You see that? What started off with prayer has to continue steady till the fight is done, till the sun is set. We are not just great starters, we are great finishers. And that's what God was showing in that on the mountain top hill. You know, he, he, Moses was there supporting Joshua's fight till the sunset, till he won. Move to verse 13. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Edge of the sword is like he really fought well, he and his people, and they won it completely. Then the Lord said to Moses, verse 14, write this. Now writing is the first mention, the the first mention of the word write is in this chapter. This is the first time God is telling somebody, write it. Write it. Why? Because this configuration of winning a battle must continue for generations. It cannot be forgotten. It has to be repeatedly told to generations. Write this. Write this in a book as a memorial. Keep it so that it goes, passes down to, to generation. And do what? Don't just write it. Do what? And recite it to? Joshua. And recite it to? Joshua. Joshua. That would mean I'm going to add one more word. Recite it to Joshua generation. Recite it to the next generation. Write your testimonies. Write your win. Write your struggles. Write what you have won in God's name. And then recite it to the next generation. So that they will know who God is. So that they would experience God the same way. And so you write and you recite it to the next generation. Recite it to Joshua. Then I will utterly blot out. If every generation does the same pattern of fighting the spiritual warfare, then I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Are you with me? You write it, you recite it to the next generation, and they fight with the same configuration, they continue doing the same thing, then I will blot it out the memory, blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses, after doing this, built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is my victory banner. The victory comes from the Lord. The Lord is the reason behind every victory in my life. If there is victory has to come, it has to come from the Lord. Lord is my victory banner. Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah Nissi. 
the Lord is the victory banner. When he says he built an altar, that's an altar of worship. To worship God as the God of our victory. Can you tell that loudly? God is my victory. God is my my victory. God of my victory. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my victory. Victory banner. Verse 16. And he said, the Lord has sown. The Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. The fleshly fight, the Esau's appetite fight, still continues from generation to generation. But today we are not raising up the staff of God. We are raising up what Christ did on the cross. The finished work on the cross has become our banner. What he has done on the cross is he has taken victory over every darkness. And in that position, that is a victory banner. And that is what we lifted up. And in that position, the fight is on. Bible says there will be fight. There will be spiritual warfare. There will be your enemy. In this world, you will have many troubles. You will fight. In Ephesians 6, it talks about our spiritual warfare. We will have the fight. And we got to fight like Joshua fought. We got to do what Moses did. Can we all rise up and we will pray together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All eyes closed. I want to declare this. Everyone who is hearing this word, the Lord is strengthening you. And the Lord is allowing you to recognize that He is your victory banner. He is your victory banner. The Lord fights for you and He gives you victory. He is your victory banner. He's calling you, you are victorious. You're no longer, you're no longer the one who would struggle with the enemy. But you're one who will rise up and you will be victorious. You will rise up in the position of what Jesus did on the cross. And you will claim your victory. And so I am asking you, lift up your arms up like Moses did. And declare, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my victory banner. The Lord wants to be your victory banner over your life. Because he has put inside of you everything that is required for you to be victorious. You're called to be more than conquerors. You're called to be more than conquerors. In Christ you are victorious. And the days ahead, I believe the Lord is raising up a generation who will overcome the devil. Who will overcome the devil. You are an overcomer. You will overcome the enemy. You will overcome every Amalekite. You will overcome every fleshly desire that you fight with. You will overcome every struggle that you go through. You will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. You will overcome by what Jesus did on the cross. 
He took the victory. He took the victory. He took the victory. He crushed the Satan. He crushed the enemy. The enemy can only roar like a lion. But the lion of Judah has risen up above that. And he has taken victory. So the Lord is calling his bride. That we will overcome the enemy by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. And by the word of the testimony. I am declaring this over the church. Every soul that's hearing this word. Will have testimonies after testimonies after testimonies. Every time we lift up the staff of God. The, the sling of God. Every time we lift up the testimony of what God has done in our life. The enemy will have to succumb. Because they will recognize that you have recognized who God is for you. Overcomers. The Lord is calling overcomers. The Lord is calling you overcomer. My overcomer. You are my overcomer. And I am your victory banner. I am your victory banner. Declare victory over life. Anyone who is struggling with repeated sin and you have got into a hopelessness, the Lord says, I am your victory banner. In me, you will find victory. Like Moses, we are declaring who God is right now. But through the week, you step in and fight it like Joshua fought Don't give in to the enemy. Don't give in to the enemy. Hallelujah. 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 Anyone struggling in their business or in their job, you're feeling it very... It's, it's like every forces of darkness is coming against you. The Lord is reminding there are Amalekites. Recognize your enemy. Go! Fight the battle! I am your victory banner. I am your victory banner. I am your victory banner. I am your victory banner, says the Lord. I am your victory banner. I am your victory banner. Go and fight the battle! Oh, Razeke Berunde Leba Razeke Rendri. Roseba Kazel Maranti Ma Kazel Indri Andra Zira Drazra. I believe there are some who are fighting the struggle in their mind. They're feeling, what do I do with my thinking? It's so distorted. I, I don't know why I'm thinking like this. If that is you, I want you to put your. No, no, don't do that. I just want to. I just want to apply the blood of Jesus over your mind. We sprinkle the blood of Jesus over your mind. Right now, let the blood of Jesus erase every darkness out of your mind. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord says, your meditation will be acceptable in His sight. The Lord says, your meditation will become pleasing to Him. Let the mind be open to receive what God has in store. Every high thing, every strong hold, I break it in the name of Jesus. 
I break it in the name of Jesus. Every stronghold, I pull it down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see chains broken. I see chains broken. I see eyes opening up. Hallelujah. The word of God comes with attestation of signs and wonders. Today, I believe there is signs and wonders because it is His word. It is His name. It is His name. The Lord is my banner, my victory banner. Jehovah Nisi. It is His name. It is His word. There will be signs. Chains are getting broken. Sleeplessness is going away. Anxiety. Every anxiety. I rebuke you out of this place in the name of Jesus. Every sense of anxiety. Go in Jesus name. We have lifted up the banner of Jesus over your life. Now. You fight that anxiety. You fight that anxiety. Declare over yourself. The scriptures. The promises of God. And fight. Fight the anxiety. Every sense of fear. Fear of future. Fear of what's next. Fear of illness. Every sense of loneliness. Depressions. We declare the name Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, our victory banner over the situation. We release the peace of God, Jehovah Shalom, over every mind, every spirit, every soul. And we pray, Jesus, you be glorified. We lift up your name. We lift up what we have experienced in the past. Now you fight when the devil brings any thoughts. Start telling the devil, for the weapon of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty to God, mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We bring it into captivity. I believe we are positioned for a warfare. In the city as a community, we'll come together. Some of us will lift up our hands. Men will rise and lift up their hands and pray while others will go into the field. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Jesus. Be exalted. Be exalted. Be lifted high. We glorify your name. We magnify your name. We magnify your name. We lift your name on high. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Lift up his name. Worship this Lord. Worship this God. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Lift up your hands and worship this Lord. One last time, worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. 
Worship Him. Worship Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, we magnify You. Lord, we exalt You, Lord. Lord, we lift Your name on high. Lord, Lord, we bless Your holy name. Lord, we want to declare Your holy, 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 holy God. We want to declare that You are our victory banner. Jehovah, we see You are our victory banner. We are going in Your name, Father. Jehovah, we see. We're going in the authority given to us. We're going in the authority given to us. We're, we're not alone. 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 For you are our rear God. And you are with us. And we are going in the name Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner. You are our victory banner. We lift up your victory banner. We lift up your victory banner. We lift up your victory banner. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you for your work in this place. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the deliverance. Thank you for the strengthening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We are going in the strength of the Lord. We are victors. I am more than conqueror in Christ Jesus. I am who God says I am. I am no longer succumbing into the lies of the devil. But I am going in the authority of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We have lifted the name of Jesus over your life. Now when you go into your week, fight the battle from the strength, from the position of victory. You're not going to fight to get victory. You're fighting because you are victorious. Because God has made you victorious. What Jesus done on the cross, the finished work on the cross, He has done everything that is required for us to be victorious. Church, I believe the Lord is looking at each one of us and saying, You are victorious. I am your victory banner. Let me shout Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my victory banner. Hallelujah. Give a loud clap of praise to our God. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.